When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey girls, before we start our episode, I want to tell you that I am offering a free coaching session. I am doing a giveaway. So all you have to do to enter the giveaway is leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Spotify does not count. Apple Podcasts is where you need to leave me a review and you can send me a screenshot of your review through Instagram and I will put your username into a list in my notes app and I'm going to randomly choose someone once I get to 500 reviews and then I will announce it once we get to 500 reviews. But leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and you can enter to win a free coaching session with me. And yeah, so leave me a review, send me a screenshot and you're entered. All right, let's get into our, our episode. Hey girls, welcome to my life update. I still have these headphones. I feel like I just am saying that in the beginning of every podcast episode now, but I really don't want them to be a hindrance, but I feel like it's fine. Like I feel like honestly, you can't really even notice and I'll try not to hit anything or make any noise outside of talking. But yeah, I'm so excited to just do this sweet little life update with you guys. I feel like I a lot of times talk about just my opinions and just channel a lot of things that come through me and express them here in my podcast. But I also really like to do these little life updates. I was doing them a lot in the summer as well, this past summer, 2022. And yeah, so I'm super excited to just tell you guys what's going on with me. So honestly, I definitely am in a specific period of my life where I'm really slowing down and reorganizing. I feel like in the last two years, I've taken in so much information and made all of these changes and just learned all of these different ways to exist and I feel like right now I'm just kind of resting and taking it slow and sitting with and perfecting and honing in a lot of the big changes that I've made in the last two years. Even, you know, spiritually, I really started getting comfortable, super comfortable in my spiritual practice and I started getting really comfortable in the Self-Realization Fellowship and started getting really comfortable speaking about God online, which I honestly wasn't comfortable doing that before and the reason was was because I felt like I didn't have the language. I talked about this I think in a different podcast, but I felt like I didn't have the language that I usually have. Usually when I speak, I feel like 
I just channel very, like I feel like I'm very well spoken. When I speak, I feel that I'm just channeling and these words are just coming out and they sound really good, but they just naturally are coming out. It's just effortless, right? But when I was speaking about God, I found that I had a lot of difficulty like stringing my words together and I couldn't actually communicate what I was feeling and what I was trying to communicate. And so that kind of made me feel uncomfortable speaking about God or my spirituality or my spiritual practice or my connection with God because I felt it was difficult for me to actually express what I was feeling and what I wanted to say. So in the last year or two years, I feel like I've really just practiced I've taken in a lot of information. Actually, what it is, is I've taken in a lot of different ways and a lot of different perspectives of other people speaking about God. So I started following a lot of spiritual accounts. I started following a lot of spiritual YouTube accounts. I listened to Ram Dass's podcast all of the time. I, you know, have spiritual mentors. I'm in the Self-Realization Fellowship. So I just really, in my life prior to two years ago, I really only had like one or two areas where I would go to for spirituality or to hear about spiritual concepts. And so I was just kind of receiving in that one area and I was like oh well that's just that that's just that person that's just that organization but now it kind of feels like this constant stream of spiritual communication around me outside of just myself outside of my own stream and my own channel and my own energy and so through that I started getting really comfortable in language around spirituality and in language to express what I'm feeling and then from that space I could express in a way that's authentic to me but I had to have like the words so that's just one thing that you know I feel like I'm just kind of resting right now and blooming also dying I feel like I'm in a death and rebirth period right now but I think in that sense there's a blooming that's happening because I've taken in a lot of information and now I'm kind of birthing that centered version of me who feels very comfortable in all of these concepts I feel like you can even see it on my Instagram on my Twitter I feel like I'm entering honestly into a different archetype that is something that has been I've been aware of. I remember I posted about it on my story a few months ago because I was talking about the feminine archetypes and I was talking about the seven feminine, divine feminine archetypes. And for me, my whole life, I have always been the archetype of the queen and the huntress. Those are my two most natural archetypes and I've really just stayed in those archetypes. And of course, I go into different archetypes in different times. I'll link the thread below on Twitter that kind of makes it really easy to understand what each archetype means. But a few months ago, I predicted and I felt that shift. I was like, I feel like I am about to become very dominant in the archetype of the mystic. And that prediction was definitely accurate because I feel myself fully entering into that archetype. I'm going to read you guys what the mystic archetype says because I just pulled up the Twitter thread. So it says, She is highly intuitive, a free spirit. Her biggest priority is her inner tranquility and inner spiritual world. The mystic loves solitude. She feels at home in her own body. She is creative and emanates warmth. She is untamed, awakened, wild. The mystic woman tends to focus her energy towards creating inner peace and fulfillment rather than external goals. She tends to be too introverted and distant. Examples are Luna Lovegood from Harry Potter 
And when you tap into and embody your dominant feminine archetype, you connect with your deepest self, your essence, and your archetypal wisdom brings out a woman's confidence and her power. So for me, I have always been, like I said, the queen and the huntress. So I'm going to read those as well. So I'm going to pull up the queen. And so first of all, the huntress came first. So the huntress says, She's independent, adventurous, and vibrant, lives a life of her own choosing. She is competitive, courageous, and is very goal-oriented. She relies on herself and doesn't need anyone to make her feel whole. She is a natural protector of women. She has little to no interest in pleasing others, comes off as cold and stubborn sometimes. She can be emotionally unavailable and tends to push people away. This is due to her high focus and passion towards causes that are important to her. Example, Katniss from Hunger Games. So you guys know I'm obsessed with the Hunger Games and the reason why is because Katniss is the dominant archetype of the Huntress and I have always really resonated with that archetype. So that's one of the reasons why I am obsessed with the Hunger Games. And also I'm going to read you guys the Queen archetype. So the Queen naturally possesses elegance and regality. She is loyal, responsible, and sovereign. Marriage and having a partnership is extremely important to her. She is confident and capable of taking charge. The queen is often attracted to powerful men. Supporting her king is very fulfilling to her. Due to her loyalty, she tends to overlook her partner's faults. She tends to feel jealous over other women who threaten her social and marital positions. And examples are Veronica from Riverdale. I've never watched Riverdale, but... I am very much naturally the queen as well. That definitely is even more, resonates even more than the um, the huntress archetype. So I feel like I'm naturally the queen and then the huntress comes out at specific times when needed. But moral of the story, basically, I feel like I just went on a little tangent, but basically what I'm trying to say is that I've been anchoring in the archetype of the mystic. So you have a dominant, you know, archetype or two dominant archetypes, and you can also grow into different archetypes throughout your life. So you can become dominant, let's say, in the mother archetype when you become a mother, or even when you're not a mother, you can just become an archetype a dominant in that archetype at a certain point in your life so you naturally have some and then you can naturally come into others as dominant archetypes throughout your life so I definitely feel myself coming into the mystic as my most natural archetype and I can see that I feel that in the next upcoming five or ten years I'm really going to be dominant in the queen and the mystic and I'm always going to be dominant in the huntress as well but it's going to be more something that I pull out to let's say write a book or to express something specific but it's not going to be consistent in my life so the ones that will be most consistent in my life will be the mystic and the queen so that's what I kind of mean is that in this period of my life right now I feel like I'm I've learned a lot about myself, about life. I've taken in all of these new perspectives. I've become aware of so many different things in the last two years. And now I feel like I'm just in this death and rebirth cycle and coming into the conglomeration of all of those different parts and birthing this new version of myself and I definitely will be in the mystic archetype so yeah so that's something that is coming up for me right now I also just completed a fast and if you guys have been here for a while you know that I used to be alkaline vegan and I'm still vegan but I'm just not alkaline vegan anymore and if you know yeah if you've been here for a while you know I was alkaline vegan for about two years and When I was alkaline vegan, I literally never have felt better in my entire life. Like that was the best I'd ever felt. 
And basically what being alkaline vegan is, is you eat off of this specific list of foods called the Dr. Sebi Nutritional Guide. So it's created by this holistic doctor named Dr. Sebi and you eat off of this specific list of foods and they're all alkaline foods and then they're also all natural and not man-made foods. So for example, carrots and broccoli are man-made foods. They are not natural in nature. So I really loved being alkaline. Like I literally had the best time of my life when I was alkaline. I felt so clear. I felt like such a clear channel. And now in my life, I have been just normal vegan for the last two years or so, but I'm going on a retreat. And to go on this retreat, I need to be very, very healthy for two weeks prior. So I'm doing this alkaline vegan kind of run. I'm going to be like 80% alkaline vegan for the next two weeks and I'm not 100% because sometimes I like to make some meals that aren't alkaline vegan and that are just normal vegan. But I can just say that when I eat alkaline vegan even 80% of the time, even 50% of the time, I feel so much better. And on top of that, I also have not fasted in a really long time. I used to do fasts every month when I was alkaline vegan because fasting is kind of a part of being alkaline vegan and if you are you know trigger warning i just want to say i'm talking about fasting i should have said that right before but i'm talking about fasting and i definitely wouldn't recommend fasting if you have a history of eating disorders and or if you have any sort of unhealthy relationship with food but if you do have a secure relationship with food Fasting has been such a beneficial part of my journey and something that really I felt cleaned me out when I was celibate and alkaline vegan. So I went alkaline vegan when I went celibate. So I was alkaline vegan for the two years that I was celibate. And during that time, I really felt like I was physically fasting. So I was cleansing a lot at the same time as I was emotionally cleansing a lot. And it felt like this full body reset and fasting really cleans out your body and it cleans out your colon. And when you fast, you allow your cells to regenerate because usually all of your energy is going towards digesting. But when you don't fast, you first of all have way more, or sorry, when you do fast, you have way more energy, but your cells are able to go towards the areas of your body that need healing and to actually use the energy to heal those parts of your body. Again, you have to have a healthy relationship with fasting. If you are just, you know, fasting from a space of trying to restrict yourself and harm yourself, you're not going to heal because you're going to not have a healthy relationship with fasting or with the foods you're eating in general. So it's not going to be a healing experience. But if you have a healthy relationship with foods in general and you're nourishing your body and you're doing all of these things out of a deep love and respect respect and nourishment for your body, then it can be this really beautiful, clean, um, healthy experience. And so for me, fasting for two years, I fasted once at minimum once a month for two years. And that really felt like my body felt the healthiest it's ever felt. But in the last Yeah, in the last two years. So that was for my two years of being celibate. And then in the last two years that I haven't been celibate, obviously, I feel like I have gone into a different direction, which has been I really wanted to indulge in nourishing myself in the ways with food with these like worldly pleasures that felt really tasty and I wanted to taste all of these different cuisines of course within the vegan you know bracket and I wanted to taste all of these different things and I wanted to eat breakfast really early because with the alkaline vegan diet you 
you only drink water or you have smoothies up until like 12 p.m. and then you have your first meal and then you have your second meal for dinner but you you know don't eat until you don't eat a solid meal until 12 p.m. And so for me, I was started, you know, having pancakes in the morning and making myself little breakfast bowls in the morning, and I loved that. But now I feel like I kind of want to birth that integration of both, and I want to be alkaline vegan, you know, 50% of the time, but I just want to integrate that really health-centered focus on food because in the last two years, I've more focused on taste and how it really tastes and enjoying these pleasures of eating these really tasty delicious foods but I have noticed that my body hasn't felt as healthy and my body hasn't felt as vibrant and so I really want to just integrate both and really have the ability to you know eat vegan donuts and eat vegan ice cream and whatnot if I want and make these breakfast bowls and whatever I want to do while also integrating really a care for the health aspect of what I'm eating and for me alkaline veganism really is that like I love alkaline veganism I just really love it so much but right now I'm you know alkaline vegan for these next two weeks and then after that I'll probably just like I said do an integration of maybe two meals a day are alkaline one meal a day isn't or let's say I don't eat until 12 p.m and I just drink smoothies and then and drink a lot of water in the morning and drink a lot of smoothies and tea etc and then at 12 I'll eat my non-alkaline meal or something but just integrating some really healthy practices because I definitely have gone so much into just like within veganism still but so much into just like I just want to taste how good this tastes and just allow this to just feel so good and it does feel so good and I want to keep that but I also want to integrate you know healthiness within that like I honestly I made a smoothie today because obviously with alkaline veganism you make a lot of smoothies and whatnot and I made a smoothie for breakfast and it was this recipe I used to do it's peaches mangoes hemp milk so I would make my own hemp milk which is so easy you just blend you don't even have to I I don't like doing the milks where you have to put it in a nut bag and like squeeze it out like it's just too much effort for me but hemp seed is so hemp milk is so easy because you just blend water and hemp seeds in a blender and you don't have to drain anything you just that then you have milk and I put agave as well into that mix and so I did hemp milk and mangoes and peaches and dates and you know I was like wow I literally haven't made myself a smoothie no joke guys in like I want to say a year and I'm not even kidding like I honestly have not made myself a smoothie in a year and that's crazy because I used to eat smoothies every single day and they felt so good and when I was eating my smoothie today I was like wow I see why I used to have smoothies all the time this makes me feel very vibrant and alive and When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply clean but of course I would get smoothies from places or I would go to a juice place and get a smoothie but I wasn't actually making myself a smoothie which is honestly I feel way healthier than eating one out so yeah 
that is something that's alive for me right now is kind of trying to integrate, well, first of all, doing the alkaline veganism thing for the next two weeks for in preparation for this retreat. And then after that, really integrating this both aspects. So the fun aspects of eating and feeling really obsessed with what I'm eating. And then also the health aspect of really focusing on nourishing my body in a way that feels vibrant and clean and healthy. I also have had this other really interesting kind of realization or integration process happening with the concept and application of nourishment and nourishment of others and something that I've had a lot of my attention brought to in the last year and a half or two years is that you know, I really did have a difficulty nourishing others or doing acts of service for others. And that was for a lot of reasons. And I I didn't have a difficulty nourishing myself, but I definitely was very much of a receiver, but it was very difficult for me to nourish others and to enjoy that or to nourish the life around me, the home around me, the animals around me like I well actually it was never hard for me to nurse the animals around me that's the only thing but you know just the life around me and to be part of that communal process of nourishment of let's say the family or you know the home or those kind of things and I have realized that I really have had a yeah I've had a a a wound there that I really have had an inability in the past to nourish others and to show up from a nourishing space and I would expect to be nourished but I and I would nourish myself but I wouldn't I didn't even know how to nourish others and so now in my life especially I'm reading this book called The Body of Wisdom and I wrote about this on or I posted this on TikTok and I made a YouTube video about my book haul and whatnot and I'm sure I've posted about it on Instagram so you guys know I'm reading The Body of Wisdom but I really really love it because it's talking about women specifically our spiritual gifts that are really specific to women and one of them is nourishment and it talks about how we receive we have to be poured into so that we can nourish those around us so we have to be completely in a receiving state receiving all of this you know love and care and stability and providership and whatnot and then from that space we can show up in this sacred exchange with life and nourish life and that can be through our family, right? So it can be through the way that we nourish our husband, the way we nourish our partner, the way that we nourish our children, the way that we nourish our home, the way that we nourish the life around us and the sacredness in that. And I think I've never really fully understood the sacredness of that. And I wanna read a little passage from the book. So this is page 51 of Body of Wisdom by Hilary Hart. And she says, at its most profound, nourishment is spiritual and the spiritual is nourishment. But this is not a spiritual essence disassociated from life. Rather, it is found somehow mysteriously within even the densest parts of life as the Swiss dreamer found light in stone. As we come to know this sacredness in all aspects of life, our capacity to nourish deepens. We do not just serve food, but we serve food with love and awe at how the earth provides. We play a role in how sacredness itself nourishes life, using women as a vehicle and a thread between the worlds. So I really love this emphasis on nourishment as this sacred exchange between 
life and us and the ways in which women can be a conduit almost and in relationship with the sacredness of life. And the book is really emphasizing that when you see these things as sacred, when you see, you know, tending to your child as sacred, tending to your husband as sacred, when you see your husband as sacred, when you see your children as sacred, when you see your home as sacred, when you see these physical things as sacred, then you show up in relationship to them and you are in the sacred energy exchange with the sacredness of that thing and the sacredness of you. And as you give, you receive, and you're just in this this circle of exchanging sacred energy through nourishment because as you nourish, it nourishes you back. And it's just this really beautiful exchange. And that's something that I really want to practice in my life. And today I was... You know, for me, I always actually have nourished through my energy, I will say. So I always, with children, especially with animals and with the earth and with my partner, I have a very nourishing energy. I have a very caring and really light, nourishing, loving, gentle, patient energy. So that's been my natural way of nourishing others has been with my energy, my light and gentle and caring energy that completely, you know, surrounds and engulfs this person in my love and in my nourishment and in my gentleness that you know gentleness with the animal as you're kissing its face everywhere and you are telling him all of these beautiful affirmations and brushing his fur and everything like that or with your partner as your partner is crying and you're massaging their head or you're kissing their head or whatever it is and nourishing in my with my energy in that way but I haven't nurtured through acts of service or through the way that I actually physically do things and a lot of that I think is the the switch from the archetype of the maiden to the mother and I think that that's a rite of passage for a lot of women there's seven divine feminine archetypes but then there's four archetypes of different aspects or at different time periods of a woman's life and so the first one is the maiden the second one is the mother the next one is the wild woman and then the one after that is the crone and so coming into the mother archetype is honestly what i feel i honestly can sum all of this up as me stepping from the time period of my life the maiden isn't my dominant archetype as a divine feminine archetype of my soul however it is the time period of my life that i've been in and now entering into a different time period entering into uh, my year my 25th year coming into that mother archetype with the way that i relate to life means that i am going to be showing up in life putting my effort putting my acts of service in the forefront with the way that I nourish. And that doesn't mean that you ever need to actually be a mother. I might, I might not, but it's about that energy and that archetype that you're now embodying in the way that you show up towards life. And so I feel myself coming into the mother archetype. And, you know, today I was preparing the food for my foster piglets. And I just took extra care to cut up the watermelon. You know, they take little uh, pellets, little pellet things, and then they take a lot of veggies and fruits. And I was just cutting up the watermelon in a really, you know, small, in a really small form so that it was easier for them to eat. And it took me an extra, you know, five minutes to do it. And it was whatever I was, you know, 
I normally, maybe three years ago, I would have been bothered. I would have been in resistance to the fact that I was doing that or I would have not done it. But this time when I was doing it, I felt grateful to be nourishing life through this way, through this intention that I was bringing to my piglets, bringing this love and care and going out of my way to do extra for them, to nourish them, to make their life easier because I love them and I find them to be sacred. And that felt really special. And I was noticing how deeply I felt in tune with that act that I was doing. And I cut them up in these little <laughs> the watermelon rinds and these little pieces. And then I put them in a, in a really pe- pretty little formation on top of the pellets because there you have the little dish, the pellets are on the bottom, and then I put the veggies and the fruit on top. And I formed them in these little circles that, you know, and obviously they're piglets. They're not going to notice that they're in these little circles, but I show up with that extra intention to do that for them, to make it beautiful, to make it easier as a way to nourish them, as a way to nourish life, and essentially as a way to be in relationship with the sacredness of life. And so... I felt that and then you know I was with my dogs and I was feeding them and and whatnot and you know I just did that you know on my own I didn't have to do that I just showed up and did what needed to be done for my home for my household for my dogs and for the life around me and you know I think that I have been showing up in that way a lot more for something that happened the other day was that my dad did my taxes. So I'm was just traveling in Argentina. I just got back from Argentina. If you didn't see my Instagram post from Argentina, I posted these really cute pictures that felt really authentic and real. So go check them out on my Instagram. But I was in Argentina. I just came back to my mom and dad's home. And then I was I had to do my taxes and I really didn't want to do it. And I just noticed my dad immediately, he always really shows up with acts of service financially. He always just helps financially with me. He always takes care of things financially for me. He always puts in that extra effort to make sure that, you know, I'm taken care of to the best of his abilities um, financially. And with things I don't want to do like taxes or bills or things like that, he'll arrange it so that it's easier for me and I was just complaining that I didn't want to do my taxes and I was also fasting that day and I was cranky because I haven't eaten and usually when I fast I try not to it has to be a day that I don't have anything going on usually I would fast on a Sunday and I would just you know not do I would just you know kind of nurture myself but I wouldn't do too much anything that would take real effort I would get bothered with and um and so I was bothered but I wanted to do my taxes and my dad just said no I'll I'll do your taxes for you don't worry send me your information and I'll take it from there and normally I would just receive that and I would just say okay I receive that but this time I said I want to nurture him back I want to give back to him from a space that feels feminine from a space that feels authentic from a, from my own authentic space of giving I'm not going to go and offer to do his taxes or offer to, you know, do these things that aren't authentic to me to do. I'm not going to go and say, oh, I'm going to go, you know, send you money for that. That doesn't feel authentic to me. What I decided to do was bake him bread. And I asked him, I told him, you can pick any type of bread you want because I really like baking bread. Pick any bread you want and I'll bake it for you uh, as a thank you. And, you know, that felt good because it felt okay. 
I'm in this cycle with life and I'm receiving and I'm being taken care of and provided for in that moment in this very physical 3D sense. And I feel that's a lot of what the masculine provides is this very physical, like I will do your taxes. I will pay your rent. I will make sure you are physically in this 3D world taken care of. You are well, you are okay. I will take care of these things that are a little heavier that you don't want to do. And then I thought, how can, from my authentic feminine space, how can I nourish him back? How can I say thank you and actually do something? Instead of just saying thank you and being happy and radiant and giving him a kiss on the head, what can I actually do from a feminine authentic space that feels like I'm giving back to him? And I was like, I'll make him bread. And so that's kind of what I'm talking about here. But I do feel this death cycle alive for me and this rebirth cycle with this new archetype that I feel I'm coming into, which is the mother. A lot of people say that when you turn 25, you come into this mother archetype or that you start wanting children. And, you know, I haven't started, you know, going into baby fever or anything, but I definitely am seeing the maturation of myself and the aspects of myself that were still in the maiden archetype, a lot of them weren't. I'd come into this very mature archetype of, at a very young age, but there were still aspects of me. And one of them was this lack of nourishment in a physical sense. I feel that maturing. I feel myself coming into a new archetype. I feel myself coming into the mother archetype in my time period of my life. I feel myself coming into the mystic archetype in my divine feminine archetype of myself. So a lot of changes happening and I have just been kind of, yeah, surrendering to that, but also giving myself a lot of space and stillness to ground that in because I feel there's a, a lot, been a lot of like, yeah, like I said, like I've taken in a lot of information and it's felt like, oh my gosh, there's so much information. There's so much happening. There's so much being asked of me. There's so many things that are being shown to me. Now I feel is the period where I'm just gently allowing that to marinate and to transform and gently allowing this new rebirth, gently just being patient and just catering to myself and being gentle and being intentional and being soft and being in that period of my myself and my life where I'm in a I'm in a soft space. I'm in a raw space. I feel I'm in a vulnerable space. That's one of the reasons I haven't been doing coaching is because I'm really focusing a lot of my energy on myself. So I haven't been doing one-on-one coaching with any clients. I shut down about a month and a half ago and I will reopen once I have come out of this little space that I'm in personally where I do need to give myself a lot of my energy and I also need to protect my energy in this moment. I feel that I need to protect myself and my energy so that I can properly transform and when I'm doing coaching I'm exchanging a lot of energy with others and I'm also taking on a lot of their pain and their experiences and I'm holding space for a lot of people and allowing them to transform in that space and so all of my energy is going to transforming others and to holding space for others and so right now I feel I really need to hold space for myself and allow myself to transform and so in this really gentle way that's kind of what I've been doing and protecting my space in this way so so yeah so I am going to end this podcast here because I'm actually going to hot yoga so I have to leave But I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. I am so honored to share this with you and I just love you guys. So thank you and thank you guys so much for everything with my podcast and 
with all of my social media channels. Thank you so much for supporting me on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube, on my podcast. Honestly, on everything, I just, yeah, I'm so grateful and I'm so honored. And I honestly also, okay, one last thing, I've been really feeling the desire to really make lasting intentional things and that's one of the reasons I haven't been posting as quickly on TikTok or that kind of thing because I've been feeling this call to make art to make intentional things that will last and not as much to make content as quickly and so my focus has been a lot on the preparation for writing this book that I'm going to write but I feel myself wanting to write books and to write poetry books and to write books for women and to write I want to write and I want to create an album a devotional album like a musical album for God I want to create a spiritual devotional album for God I want to create that and you know all of these things I'm sure I will ground in in the next couple years of my life but you know that's kind of something that's coming up for me too just really wanting to be intentional and create things that will outlast me create things create a real legacy you know not just online with content and whatnot, but to create books, to create tangible things that will outlast me, that can really serve people and serve God and serve life. So, so yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. I love you guys so much. I'm going to head over to hot yoga now and get my body moving. And I love you guys so much. And I will talk to you soon. Bye. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.